On today's episode, Anna covers the mysterious death of Kaneka Jenkins. Welcome to Crime Bar. Well, hello, Ashley. Well, how's your day? You have a lot of energy over there. I can feel it. My day was very good. You're high energy. Yeah. You calm down. A little bit tired, but I yeah. had a good day. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. Fatigue. Not yeah. in a bad way. You look gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you look like shit, but uh, <laughs> I can look, tell you're tired. Yeah. You're looking at me like, just fucking get this over. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm like, I kind of like got home and was just like, oh, I've got to do that. And then I remembered I don't have to do it. I just get to sit here and listen. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm looking forward to this. And it's like really gloomy outside. So it's cozy yeah. weather. Yeah. You know, and you get to look at me for an hour looking as I do with my spray tan. You like it? <laughs> It's so natural. You can barely notice. Ready for your vacation. Well, anyways, so. Mm -mm. Yeah. What is the story that you're doing? I don't even think you told me the name of it. I did, but I didn't pronounce the name right, so it didn't really count. Oh. Um, but today I'm covering the mysterious death of Kaneka Jenkins. Okay. So, okay. This story takes place on September 8th, 2017 in a suburb of Chicago. It's a Friday night, and a group of friends are headed to the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont. The plan is to party. It was one of their friend's birthdays, and they just wanted to have a good time, have some drinks, listen to music, and dance. One of the girls was named Kaneka Jenkins. She was born on May 27, 1998, making her 19 years old at the time of the story, also making her a Gemini, and she seemed to be a Gemini through and through. Mm-hmm. Kaneka was a very caring and responsible girl. Her mother, Teresa, had breast cancer, and she had just undergone breast surgery very recently. So Kaneka had been helping out with the recovery process, and she was actually supposed to be taking care of her mom that Friday night. But it sounds like Kaneka had just gotten this big new job at a nursing home, so her mom totally understood that she wanted to celebrate with friends. They had a very, very solid, loving relationship, and she didn't feel slighted that her daughter wanted to go party instead of hang out with her. Kanika told her mom that she was going to go to a bowling alley for a little bit, and then would be going to a movie after. Her mom agreed to let her borrow her car for the night, and Kanika was out the door at 11.30 p.m., the thing is, they didn't go to a movie, and they definitely didn't go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Chicago Tribune, it sounded like the girls had actually debated on going to a movie, but they last minute decided that the hotel party sounded a lot more fun. Fair. So they stopped. <laughs> I mean, we both love bowling. We would have chosen uh, yeah. bowling over a hotel yeah. party for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I would at 19, though. I think I would have even more at 19. <laughs> They stopped to pick up a bottle of Hennessy, um, some energy drinks, a Bluetooth speaker, and some weed before heading to the hotel. Security footage showed Kaneka and three other girlfriends entering through a side entrance of the Crown Plaza Hotel. They took the elevator to the ninth floor and walked into the party a little after 1 a.m. 
there were about 30 people there total just like yeah. a pretty big it's a it's big a, number for a like a standard a room, room a hotel room but also like did, have you ever shown up at a party at 1 a.m ash i love that you said that because my note underneath this is can you even imagine showing up at a party at 1 a.m and i was like i can't even fathom staying out until one yeah so can you imagine your arrival being one uh-uh. like last night we like put ourselves to bed at nine or nine thirty yeah. or something oh yeah it was it felt so good. It felt so good. And it felt so late too. <laughs> I know it really did. I was like, man, I'm going to get myself to sleep soon. But one of the strangest aspects besides for the state, the, the late start time, um, they were broadcasting the entire hotel party on social media. So they had like okay. Facebook live going, which is so weird because now you can view that footage to this day. You can watch their entire party that went down. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. It's really weird. And you can hear them like yelling things like, I'm not even drunk and like partying and yeah. like singing and dancing. And it's just so, it's like such a personal thing. And it's something I would never, like with us, we would like take a couple boomerangs, maybe like a group picture or something. But I can't imagine like go literally a live feed of a, of a party. Yeah. That's so strange to me. But um, also be very entertaining being at your house sober, watching people be drunk. You know what I mean? Like that would be so entertaining. Yeah. But um anyways, it's 1:30 a.m. and a girl wearing mirrored sunglasses is talking to her phone while she's on Facebook Live. And you can see Kaneka sitting down in the reflection of the girl's sunglasses. So she's documented being in it at that moment. Okay. Kaneka also posted a video on her own Snapchat account around 2:17 a.m. She appeared to be in the hotel bathroom. And that was according to her sister who follows her on Snapchat. And we'll be posting that picture on Instagram. Anyways, everyone is drinking. And multiple people at the party said that Kaneka was only drinking cognac, but not participating in any drugs. Apparently, something felt really off about Kaneka that night. Her friends didn't think that she was acting like her usual, like very bubbly, energetic self. They said that she would dance and socialize for just like a little bit, but that her demeanor felt very sad. And she would just end up going and sitting alone. And that's like, mm -hmm. you can see that even in the Facebook live, she's just sitting there by herself. Like, and that's she, like solemn, which is not normal for her behavior. It's yeah, odd. When she stood up, her body would just sway around. Like she had way too many drinks, which was unusual because the girl said that she wasn't really drinking that much. Oh no. I know. Kaneka texted her sister around 1.30 AM. And that would be the last time that her family ever heard from her. The article I read on Soapboxy.com stated that during the Facebook Live, the girls did not appear to be having a very good time. Later on, they said that the guys at the party were really aggressive with them and like over the top flirtatious and the kind of guys that just didn't take no for an answer. So it seemed like her and her friends weren't having a very good time. Not I guess just so. Her. She, she was more just like isolating herself while the others just looked like they were bored and just like not having okay. it. Gotcha. The four girls had had enough and left the room around 3 a.m. Right after the girls started making their way out of the hotel, like they're going down the elevator and they're in the lobby, Kaneka realized that she left literally every single important personal belonging back at the room, her car keys, her phone, her purse, and she just had to go back. So the three girls decided that they would go back up to the room and snag her stuff while Kaneka would just wait for them in the lobby. 
And I'm sure that they noticed that she was a little out of sorts and it just felt more efficient maybe to do it themselves. Like they can oh. walk faster, get in, get out. Okay. And I mean, Kaneka could not keep herself upright. You can see it in all of the footage. She's swaying, she's holding onto the walls. And I don't know if we should post a clip of that, but I'll post a photo of it on the Instagram, but she is bracing for everything. She cannot walk. Oh, I don't want to be judgmental, but. I know. I think you'd do the buddy system then. And that's exactly, you're just filling my sentences. <laughs> We're the um, same. Yeah, they, but basically they, they took the elevator back up to the ninth floor while she was left alone downstairs. But then again, it, there has been like conflicting versions of that story, which is very suspicious. Um, I'm sure that because alcohol was involved that memories yeah. are blurry. Yeah. But some of the girls claim that they went up to the room to retrieve her stuff. Well, the other girl claims that they, that Kaneka went up and sh they waited in the lobby. Oh, that's so, a really Like a massive opposite. discrepancy. <laughs> like yeah. that's not even close to being the same. So I don't know. But regardless, hotel security footage does show Kaneka to be alone for a pretty substantial amount of time. And she is very intoxicated. I'm sure that these girls had zero bad intentions and weren't even thinking about it. But do not leave your drunk friends alone. We have to advocate for ourselves and our girlfriends, especially when they can't even stand up. Yeah. It's sad that we even need to be mindful of traveling in groups when we're sober. Yeah. But especially when you're drunk, your defenses, your like you're You're so disoriented. Your logic, your physical strength, everything about it, buddy you're system. You're incapacitated and you just should not be left alone, period. And I can see being really drunk and thinking, I'm just they're in the hotel lobby, well lit. Yeah, and I we're guess just going to elevator, coming back. Too. But it's uh, there's no safe place at 3 a.m. in public. No, that's my belief. Nothing good comes from staying out past like midnight. That and just yeah, being in public at three, it's mm -hmm. I just you're just attracting. It's a dark time. Hooligans. Yeah. <laughs> the friends said that they were gone for maybe 10 to 20 minutes. Some said 10 to 15, but when they returned, Kaneko was gone, and they all agreed that something felt very off. They started searching all over the hotel trying to find her and they can't even call her or text her because they're holding her phone. So it felt very helpless. Security footage shows the girls going up and down, up and down every hallway looking for their friend. They are like clearly desperate. They even walked up to the front desk to request security footage, but the staff denied their request, refused to help them, didn't even look at it themselves then that's going to be a heavy focus of my story. So we'll get more into <laughs> okay. that. Okay. Because. <laughs> yeah. So even though it was 4, 4.30 a.m. at this point, they knew they had to call her mom, Teresa. They weren't even sure. Um, like they didn't know if maybe Kaneka had somehow gotten herself home or she had tried contacting her mom from like the front desk phone. But they just knew they had to call her and say that they did not know where her daughter was. When they found out that Kaneka was not home, the panic obviously increases. The girls drove to pick up Kaneka's mom so that they could bring her back to the hotel to continue the search. Because if you remember earlier, she had borrowed her mom's car that night. Right. So Teresa said that she immediately felt suspicious when she was with the friends. She said that she could tell that they were hiding something, but she had no idea what. It was also very clear that they had all been drinking and maybe even high. And when I read that Teresa's mom felt like they were hiding something, I immediately assumed that the girls weren't hiding anything other than the fact that they were underage and drinking. Yeah, and had lied exactly. about it. Exactly. 
They were caught in a massive lie. They said they were going bowling into a movie and now they're, you know, at a hotel party drunk and high and their daughter's missing. But I sort of feel like because they had the, I could see how they would feel uh, like shameful or embarrassed or whatever or think that they might get in trouble. So maybe they're acting kind of suspicious towards her in that way. Yeah. But I would also argue, like, why would they feel that if they knew they had to call her that like it didn't matter that they lied it didn't matter that they were drinking it didn't matter that they were smoking when you're 19 though I think it's kind of like the panic of like we need to alert her and then you're all of a sudden in the car drunk driving yeah (laughs) her mom's car it's like I think a little bit of that sets in where it's like yeah oh my god I just realized that we were supposed to be bowling and it's 4 a.m and we can't find her daughter so that could have definitely been an, an element of that it's just hard to say all around because when you're drinking and you're too young to know how to hold your liquor and all that stuff, it's just not. Yeah, it's really up for interpretation. Yeah. I just kind of assume that Teresa was suspecting something more like that versus them knowing where she secretly was yeah. and having something to do with it. Yeah. Teresa asked the three girls if Kaneka had been drinking and they told her that she had only had one drink, <laughs> which is a lie. But Teresa knew that Kaneka didn't handle alcohol very well. She said that that like ran in their family, that they took one sip of alcohol and they were drunk. Um, And she just knew that even if it was true and she had only had one drink, it was bad news. When Teresa went up to the front desk to ask for help, the staff simply refused. And before I get into more details, it's very crucial to acknowledge what is going on here. While Chicago is very diverse... Rosemont itself is predominantly white. The population of Rosemont is 90.6% white and like 2% African-American. And I'm not going to be directly accusing the hotel staff of being racist, but... But you are. But but I am. Yeah. I mean, I don't know them, but like, give me a break. Um, They were... These women were treated like they were being bothersome and there was no assistance given to them. This worried mother just wants to find her missing daughter and they were treated like an annoyance. So considering there are four African-American women in a suburban town that is predominantly white, it just it's racist, end of story. Mm-hmm. When Teresa asked for the security footage, just like the friends had, the hotel staff refused. They told her that the only people that could view that security footage were the police. And I wasn't sure if this was actually true or if they were just being dicks, so I obviously had to Google that. And I got a variety of answers, but it sounds like, for example, if you were robbed at a hotel, you as the victim could not view the security footage. You ha- It had to be viewed by a manager. Yeah, so I was going to say, so even like, if you don't want to show it to the you civilians, you should be able to go verify. Exactly. So the hotel staff was more than able to take a look at what Teresa was requesting. Teresa realized that the hotel staff was not going to do anything to help her to find her daughter. So she called 911 at approximately 7.15 a.m. At this point, Kaneka had been missing for a few hours and so much precious time was wasted because of the staff refusing to do anything. Yeah. The 911 call was upsetting to say the least. Um, I listened to the recording of the call and her mom was so calm and composed and clearly explained to the dispatcher that her daughter had been at a party and now they can't find her. She told him that when her daughter's friends asked for help, the hotel claimed to not have any security footage. And I felt so sick to my stomach listening to this recording because Teresa was so polite and patient and trying to do her best to explain everything that she knows. And she's just being met with this dismissive cavalier attitude 
And I'm sure this dispatcher looks back at this call and feels a lot of regret. Or maybe he's just like an awful person or not good at his job. But he told Kaneka's mom that the friends were probably just lying to her and that her daughter was most likely just passed out in someone's hotel room. So just implying that she's the kind of girl that just gets drunk and ends up in a guy's hotel and her friends are just like messing with her. She explained, Teresa, explained to the officer that she has breast cancer and she just underwent surgery. So she's on medication and she's saying this in a way of like apologizing because some of her she would have he would have to repeat some things. So she's like anxious and stressed and terrified and she's apologizing to this man saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, cause she can't keep up with what he's, his like little attitude. And he's like very condescending. If she answers something in an incorrect manner, it cuts her off. And so the dispatcher is basically like, she's 19 years old. She's an adult. She's probably off with her friends and she hasn't been missing that long. He even told her that she should just go home and relax and maybe give it a few hours to see if she shows up. And you can just feel and hear this poor mother's anxiety increasing while she's still trying to remain calm. She's telling the dispatcher that her friend's stories don't sound right and her gut instinct is saying something is really off. She's panicking that the friends have her phone and that's just not like her daughter to leave her phone behind, especially knowing that her mom had just had surgery and might need her at any moment. It was just not in her personality type. Like that was not the girl that she knew. And he basically said to her, yeah, yeah, I get it, and tells her to give it a couple of hours instead of sending help. Instead of validating her concerns, he said, wait until 10 or 11 a.m., and if you still haven't heard from her, then come into the station to file a missing persons report. And the thing that makes me the most sick is Teresa is asking this man over and over and over again what he thinks that she should do, if she should file a missing persons report, if she should come to the station, because he is the person that should know what to do in a time of distress or an emergency. So when he says to wait and relax and pop in around 10 or 11, she is trusting that he is giving her the best advice. He more than anyone should know that every single hour, every single minute is valuable when a human being has gone missing. The police didn't enter Kaneka Jenkins' name into the database as a missing person until 1.16 p.m. They didn't search the hotel until 1.16 p.m. They went to room 926 where the party took place and reported that nothing looked suspicious. They checked the hallways and stairwells and once again found nothing, so they leave. So what about the footage? Just a quick skim. What about the footage? Not yet. Police officers were called back to the hotel at 9.26 p.m. that night because some of Kaneka's family members were going door to door looking for her. When the police arrived, the family demanded that they take a look at the surveillance footage. According to the Chicago Tribune, surveillance footage shows Kaneka stumbling throughout the hotel, first in the hallways, then into the men's bathroom. From there, she is seen walking upstairs into another hallway and then eventually wanders into a kitchen that was not being used because of renovations. You, what the hell? Yeah, it's just like, an, a, I guess, another... It, it wasn't even um, roped off. Like, nothing was roped no, off. No, I mean, I, I just mean, this seems so f- extensive to be moving... That much. That much if you're already struggling to even walk. It then, just, like, it seems yeah. like it's just so much walking. And it, that plays into a lot of the theories later on. Okay. 
Um, and you can tell that she's intoxicated by the way that she is bumping into every wall and every object around her. One of the last things that you can see is Kaneka lurching forward and then disappearing around the corner into the kitchen around 3.25 a.m. Kaneka is not seen on camera again after this. Twenty-one hours after she was last seen by her friends, Kaneka Jenkins' body was found in the kitchen freezer by a hotel worker. She was lying on her side with her face pointing down. She was only wearing one shoe, and she was wearing her ripped jeans, a crop top, jean jacket, and her hair was a mess. Her body was frozen solid. Kaneka was pronounced dead at 12.48 a.m. on September 10th. And something that I found really alarming was the hotel worker that discovered her body just walked around the corner, found her, and then just turns around and walks back out. He walks at a normal pace to go alert the police. And I guess that no one knows how they would respond after finding a dead body, but I can almost guarantee that I wouldn't casually walk away. I would be screaming and running to the police for help. It's almost as if he like found like a missing so like his keys were on the counter and he yeah. just like was like, oh, there like, they are. Yeah. It, he, there's nothing about his body language. It, it was almost as if he knew she was in there. There's a lot of discussion about whether or not the footage was edited. The hotel had plenty of time to alter anything and everything in that video. A spokesperson for the police department claimed that all footage is original and hasn't been altered, but people are not buying it. Protesters began nightly protests at the hotel, particularly fueled by the dismissiveness of the hotel staff when Kaneka's mother and friends just wanted help. There were also a ton of questions about how someone gets trapped inside of a freezer. Yeah. It sounds like this was one of those double freezers where there's a cooler in the front and then a second door that leads to the freezer. I guess like a one of those large industrial ones that are in yeah, kitchens. Yeah, I was picturing like the really massive. big ones that you... Like literally walk into. Like bigger than an eight by 10 type thing. But I thought those were like, I don't know. I guess I'm not familiar with them. I guess I, I just thought that you couldn't lock yourself in. And the, and it sounds like uh, how I saw it was I would assume that there's a handle on the inside so that someone could get out if the door were to shut behind them. Yeah. And it sounds like that was the case. But it is possible that Kaneka was disoriented for a variety of reasons and she could not find her way out. Yeah. The freezer's 34 degrees and pitch black inside. Oh, the Jenkins. I couldn't get out sober. I oh yeah, it's pitch black. I mean, you can, and I guess logically, when you're completely sober, you would be able to turn around and feel things. Yeah, but if she but, can't even walk, yeah, she's how could she? You can't go. Oh, logic says you know there. Yeah. There's just so the the Jenkins family attorney believed that it is very possible that she was mistakenly locked in the freezer by security staff. Why would you go into an empty kitchen no. and then lock the freezer? It's not likely. Um, he stated, right here is a lock. It can be pressed down and it can secure the door, preventing anybody from the inside from exiting. Why, Why is would that you? in existence? Why would that even be in existence? Vegetables don't need, they don't, they're not they able to, to twist locked. handles. Yeah. yeah, it makes no sense. Regardless of whether she was locked inside or she couldn't find her way out after entering, the attorney says the defendants were negligent because they didn't secure the walk-in freezer or conduct a proper search when Kaneka went missing. Those are obvious. 
my next question was, so if the kitchen is under renovation and not being used, then why was the freezer even turned on? Yeah. But apparently, I immediately researched that. I'm like, why is the freezer on? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, the hotel was using it as extra storage for a new restaurant that was going to be opened inside of the hotel. An autopsy was done and the results were inconclusive. However, another autopsy was conducted and a month after her death, the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office ruled Kanika's death as accidental and caused by hypothermia. They believed that her level of intoxication and medication found in her system were significant contributing factors to her death. Her blood alcohol level was 0.112, which for someone of Kanika's stature, I tried finding her like weight and height. Yeah. And one site said that she was 5'5 five five and 165, 165 pounds, sorry. And so then I did like one of those um, blood alcohol level calculators to figure out how much alcohol that is. Yeah. And it's hard to say, but it's approximately three shots. Okay. And I know that everyone handles alcohol differently, but I could not believe that three shots of alcohol could make someone so disoriented and unable to walk. Yeah, for so long, because if they got there at one and then she kind of disappears at 345, you would think it would have faded. Yeah. So then I looked into the medication that was found in her system. And it was a medication called, and I think I'm hoping I'm saying it right, topiramate. She did not have a prescription for this drug. It's a drug used for epilepsy, and it can also be used to prevent migraines. It is said to also help with weight loss and muscle spasms, none of which Kanika had needed. Some side effects of topiramate are blurred vision, unsteadiness, slowing of mental and physical activity, and drowsiness. I researched whether or not there are drug interactions with alcohol, and the answer is yes. Mixing the two is said to cause difficulty speaking, memory lost, and extreme drowsiness, which completely explains why she was so out of it and then unable to get herself out of the freezer. And once you start experiencing like uh, like hypothermia-type mm-hmm. cold, you just get warm and you fall asleep. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I learned that. That's so fascinating. I, I learned that because uh, I, my dad was present one time when someone was like would you rather be too hot or too cold and I I think I answered too hot and he was like no I would pick too cold because if you're gonna it was like how would you prefer to die like a nice nice family discussion I don't don't remember who asked this question but he was like but when you get when you're frozen yeah you start to feel warm and then you just you just fall asleep and so if you're ever in that situation in a in an environment where, where you, you are freezing, choose your death <laughs> via no, temperature, that, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> oh. When you start, if you're ever in a scenario where you are freezing mm-hmm. and you start to feel warm, uh oh, it's, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So you like you get warm and drowsy. And what a weird body mechanism defense mechanism. Yeah. It's almost it's almost morbid. Um. So there's a possibility that she sat down. And then passed out due to that new fact that you just told me (laughs) and extreme fatigue and then dangerously low temperatures. There were no signs of a fight or struggle on her body. But to this day, her family believes that this was no accident and that foul play was involved. There have been numerous theories about what really happened that night. And I'll just cover a few of the most popular ones. Okay. The first theory is that someone at the hotel had something to do with her death that someone lured her into the freezer and then locked her in, or she was killed somewhere else and the footage was edited so that no one could see them putting her body inside of the freezer, like 
after death. So I'm not trying to poke holes or anything. I just wanted to like clarify mm-hmm. her, her, I guess whatever they revealed about her autopsy, it didn't reveal any other kind of all injuries sh- or wounds or anything. No, nothing. Literally the only thing that they, I guess there was two autopsies that were done oh. and the first was inconclusive and the second one determined that it was hypothermia that was in the process of her death was sped up due to alcohol and the medication that was in her system okay but no foul play like ver- like there was no bruises and scratches or there was no struggle okay there was never any actual footage showing Kanika entering the freezer, which is suspicious because everything else has been so well documented. I wanted to ask you about that because there was no footage of her going in, but wasn't was the footage of the worker finding her? Rounding of, the corner. Oh, the same corner that you see her. You just disappear. That's the last thing that you see of her. So okay. it's very, and I was curious because my first assumption is that there just wasn't cameras yeah. there. Right. But there's cameras, there's a, there is one shot and we'll post on the Instagram of her stumbling through the kitchen. And I cannot remember, I don't believe that you can see, and maybe it's just one of those blind spots. Yeah. Maybe they didn't think that that was necessary. According to soapboxy.com, it is said that the hotel room was purchased using stolen credit cards. And the fact that there were illegal drugs and underage people drinking at this hotel party it is believed that the hotel knew all of this was going down and they tried to cover up Kanika's death so that it wouldn't be discovered that illegal stuff was going down at their hotel. The yeah, ho- but that's happening in like a private room that someone paid for. So regardless of the... Yes, but they had gotten numerous noise complaints and they just didn't check in on it. That was going to be my next question because I yeah. was just thinking 30 people in a... Blasting music, <laughs> yelling, talking... Yeah. There were numerous noise complaints and they didn't even check in on it once. They knew what was happening and they just like turned a blind eye. So they're negligent on so many levels. Yes, they just don't give a heck. (laughs) And another popular theory is that her friends were very much involved. There have, and I don't believe this. I want to make this very clear because it almost feels bad saying it, but there have been rumors that her friends were planning on profiting off of a sexual assault like they were trying to sell her for the night to one of the creepy guys at the party and that she had been drugged with toparamate to make her defenseless. And I don't believe, I don't believe that at all. They obviously cared a ton about her. They were searching for her. You know, they were very concerned. I don't buy that theory whatsoever. If anything, I think that one of the creeps at the party drugged her with that medication. Yeah, That's the only way I'm leaning. Regardless of whether or not it was a friend or a hotel worker that killed her, Many believe that the video evidence that was turned over was heavily edited. People are under the impression that someone was following her around as she stumbled through the hallways. And I'm not sure if that's because she actually, she walks so much throughout the hotel and it could appear as if she's trying to, trying her best to get away from someone. It almost reminded me of all the theories about, is it Eliza Lamb? Mm Mm-hmm where everyone thought that things were being edited because she's gesturing and it's like that debate of mental break or mental illness versus literally someone she sees off camera fighting and hiding from somebody when the mother and friends requested that they be shown the video footage it is believed that the hotel staff was in the process of editing it and you might be wondering why they would want to do this and it just comes down to not wanting any bad publicity A murder taking place at your hotel is obviously not good for a hotel's reputation. Or they're editing it because they had involvement. 
I have a tendency to not believe that the staff took the time to edit out each and every moment someone was following this innocent woman, but I do think that someone drugged her at the party and the combination of the medication and alcohol made her very disoriented and find her way into the freezer. I also think that there is a strong chance her life could have been saved if the hotel staff had only taken a look at the video footage when the friends said they could not find their friend. Absolutely. Oh my God. The staff would have been able to clearly see that Kaneka had wandered into the kitchen and then never came out. Yeah. Easy peasy. I would also assume that there is security on the property. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, but I just, you would think that there, there wouldn't be any reason to try to just do a lap or no. you know like i don't think they even ob- did that though obvi- no i know but i mean it just makes sense that they would if they were alerted that someone was just here and they just went missing think- i mean i get the hotel's perspective of like well maybe she just walked out the door like i don't think that's okay but i could see why they wouldn't be willing to take it seriously if it's they just view this as like not my problem kind of thing but like a bunch of drunk people at 3 a.m like they're already miserable working right now like i can see that they would be negligent but you can sit in the comfort of your desk looking at that security footage yeah you would have been able to find her within 15 minutes of her wandering into that freezer yeah i believe that the mistreatment of the women demanding help and their pleas being ignored and silenced is what ultimately led to the death of kaneka jenkins absolutely In 2018, Kaneka's family filed a lawsuit against the Crown Plaza Hotel for $50 million. Teresa and her family believed that the hotel was neglectful, and if they had literally done anything that they were supposed to do, her daughter would be alive. Mm -hmm. She blames the hotel for not securing the kitchen while it was under renovation. Yeah. She blames the hotel for not putting a stop to the party when there had been numerous noise complaints. And lastly, the members of the hotel staff were neglectful for not viewing the security footage. She said that if they had only done the right thing, her daughter would have been found sooner. Mm -hmm. The spokesperson for the Crown Plaza Chicago Hotel said in a statement, the death of Kaneka Jenkins was a tragedy. The lawsuit filed this week has no merit and we will vigorously contest it. At a press conference today held by counsel for Teresa Martin, the allegation was raised that there was a possibility that Miss Jenkins was locked in the freezer. Numerous media outlets have already disputed these erroneous claims of anyone locking Miss Jenkins in the freezer, referencing the video recorded by a motion-activated camera inside of the kitchen. In addition, the freezer did not lock from the inside or outside and was functioning properly on the night in question. This is just another failed attempt to generate publicity for a frivolous lawsuit. Frivolous was a really shitty word for him to say. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can understand wanting to defend the hotel. You know, if you are their spokesperson, I I understand wanting to defend the fact that the freezer was working. How do they know that? Maybe just... I don't know. Like, how do they know if it's in a kitchen that's not being used and it's just being used as backup for a restaurant that's opening soon? I guess my whole point is, because I don't want to sound like I'm siding with him, my whole point is I understand wanting to dispute those claims. And even if everything he said was true, that is one thing. You should never tell a mother of a child that's just been found dead that it's frivolous. frivolous. Yeah, but it just, it's on brand with them not giving a shit or taking any responsibility or 
putting any value in her life. So I actually, <laughs> I got very like, um, what's it when you uh, armchair, not armchair detective. Uh, like a web sleuth? Yeah, web sleuth. I was looking at reviews <laughs> for the hotel <laughs> and it sounds like this is just kind of the way that they were. Like there yeah. were accounts of them giving the wrong key to the wrong guest. So at night, the, the, there would be guests sleeping and then a man would enter and being like, uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> and luckily God. the guy's not a creep, but like, are you kidding me? Holy shit. Just people like not. And so that oh, was like, they are negligent. There are many, many, they're ways just a then. poorly run hotel. Can you imagine if that person who came into a room with sleeping guests, like was a murderer or a rapist oh, yeah. or just an opportunist? Real lucky for him. I mean, that's just, I wasn't, I always was used the deadbolt. Yes. And so I hate a little chain. I'm now very scared of sleeping in hotels by myself because when I was in Cancun for a photo shoot, it was my first ever photo shoot as a model. And I was like still in college and I was sleeping alone and they had done the same thing where they gave a man the wrong key. And I had like just got undressed, got into bed. The next thing I know, a man walks into my room and luckily he was, he was mortified and so flustered and startled. And I'm just like, I, you would think that you'd scream, but I just didn't. I was just like, what? And he was like, I am so sorry that this is my, I, like they had basically double booked and given him keys to my room. And it was so sweet because you can hear him like yelling his wife's name, like Sharon. <laughs> He's like, Sharon, just don't come in here. Oh my God. Yeah. So luckily he was really sweet, but that from then on out I used the deadbolt and I put all of my luggage and I like dragged the desk in yeah. front of the door because I was terrified I would too I you've never told me that story I can't believe that I didn't really think about it until now wow you blocked it out I blocked it out but I still have the trauma from yeah. it and I can't sleep alone in hotel rooms yeah so I could not find the outcome of the lawsuit anywhere it was filed in 2018 a lot of the stuff can take a very long yeah, time it may so not even be it might not Finalized. even be complete, but um, I'm hoping that we'll have an answer soon. Fingers crossed for Teresa Martin and her family. Um, and that is the story of the mysterious death of Kanika Jenkins. Oh, that was so sad. And it's like when everything I read, I generally have a tendency to believe that there's like some secretive dark something thing. sinister. Something sinister involved. But just even, and I understand people wanting to fill in the blanks. And yeah. I think anytime your kid, it's like, it's so hard to just rule it as a freak accident that I, I would, I would assume as a parent that that would be so hard for me to wrap my head around. Like your daughter's a block down the street and then dies in a freak accident, almost home or, you know, a tree falls. It's like those sort of things leave you with so much anger and frustration and it's almost but you know, if someone you had taken the life, murdered her, oh, it, know, it would have been just, it just feels so dismissive and so wasteful, whether somebody murdered her yeah. in cold blood yeah. or if it was a freak accident. But either way, the hotel staff had the ability to do something. 100%. And they absolutely could have found her in time because there's no way that she died right away know, in 15 minutes when no. her friends realized you know in that window that she had been missing and then exactly. they started looking for her and then they went to the front desk and all that stuff like she may have still even been alive by the time her mom got to the hotel yeah like there's there's no telling how long that i don't know how long that takes but it can't be just a matter of moments yeah and just to finish the other thing because i don't want it to seem like 
I was ever implying that murder is somehow like different. It's all awful. I'm just saying that there's no closure. No. No no. answers, no closure. And I cannot imagine anything more upsetting than that. They looked at the footage. They saw that she had disappeared around the corner into the kitchen. The last time that she's ever seen on camera, I believe is 325 AM. And they had walked out of the hotel room at three, the party. Oh. Gone down the elevator, realized that her belongings were gone. So their story does check out that they were gone for 10 to 20 minutes because then let's say she starts wandering a few minutes after they go back up Mm -hmm. and she disappears into the kitchen 20 minutes after they've left her. Mm -hmm. So if they had only shown her the footage, shown the three girls the footage, they would possibly been able to have gotten her out within minutes of her entering. Yeah, who's to say she was even in the fridge at that point, the freezer at that point? Maybe she was just in the kitchen. Just wandering around because she was. There was footage of her stumbling around the kitchen. Wow. It's awful. It's just devastating all around because whenever there's mystery surrounding someone's last moments, Mm -hmm. that's probably the worst thing to have to, to be stuck imagining for the rest of your life about your loved one Mm -hmm. is how did they spend their last moments? Did they know it was their last moments? Was, were they alone? Did were someone do this to them? Were they scared or were they oblivious? You know, it's just so, so horrible. And the fact that there's just more questions than anything with it. And can you even imagine, and this is something I didn't, it didn't even occur to me until now, being in the freezer while your friends and family are panicking, searching for you. Yeah, It's kind of like that feeling of being stranded on an island, knowing yeah. that your parents are, their lives are literally falling apart while you are alive. And right out of communication or yeah. arm's reach and can't imagine anything worse than that. And I think that I wanted to cover this case because I didn't think that a murder took place. I think that she was drugged and that aided, unfortunately, the process of her dying probably quicker than she would have. Yeah. Um, but it was more just the fact that just because you did not directly murder this individual does not mean that you didn't play the part in her in her death which in a sense is murder and i think that i just really wanted to emphasize the responsibility that this hotel Mm -hmm. you know they it's awful and i'm sure their business has really plummeted and it's good hopefully (laughs) hopefully and i hope say it again what name is it uh crown plaza rosemont (laughs) right (laughs) right outside of chicago okay i just hope the staff workers really take a look at what they've done and have guilt and remorse so we know that a lot of um, people have an issue with listening to 911 calls. I think that there's nothing worse than hearing someone in like complete desperation and panic and fear, whether they found somebody or they're trying to find somebody. And I choose to never listen to them. But in this case, I wanted to, the poor treatment of Teresa and Kaneka's friends was such, like it was like a focal point of this story. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to hear the way in which they were spoken to when they were just asking for help. Yeah. And I will never understand what it's like to be in her position. And that's why I felt like it was my duty to do my best to understand without it just being empathy or quotes in an article. Yeah. And so we will attach the video or the recording of Teresa Martin calling 911 and just and talking to the dispatcher. And you can either end it now and not listen to it or you can listen to it. But it's up to you. Okay. Well, thank right. you for doing that story. You did yes. very good. Thanks, Ashley. Okay, love you. Love you. Bye. Nine one one. Where's the address of your emergency? Yes, I'm at the Crown uh, Crown Plaza at O'Hare Airport. 
And I was calling because my daughter came to this party here last night, a gathering with her friends. And um, now her friends, they say that they left on the front of the hotel and she's not able to be found now. She's 19 years old. And you said that this, and, and you said the Crown Plaza at O'Hare Airport? Yes. Yes, and they said that the, um, when her friends was asking uh, earlier today, like about 4 o'clock in the morning, because uh, they run the video cameras, they said that they didn't have no cameras. But now I came, and it was a lady, she said that if she, if she heard music, and she, she asked me that I want to go upstairs, and we went upstairs on the 11th floor, and it was someone came to the room, and the, she said that she did see my daughter there with a group of girls and, and, and a couple of guys. But, um, that's all she just saw because she was trying, busy trying to get reception on her phone. All right, well then, um, you know what, um, are you sure you don't mean the Crown Plaza in Rosemont? Yes, the Crown, yes it is, I'm sorry, the Crown Plaza in Rosemont, that's exactly where it's at. I'm okay, so sorry. And, no, no, it's okay, and, and have you spoke, and you said you spoke with the, uh, front desk. I'm sitting outside right in front of the hotel in a parking lot right now. And they were saying that they didn't, that they haven't seen your daughter since she left, or? No, this is a different set. This is a different, um, uh, a new, uh, I'm sorry, it's a new shift. And they said that they haven't seen it. Well, of course, they wouldn't have seen it, because this is like 3 or 4 in the morning. And I just seen it. See, she was here because I just found the ticket. Where, where they entered this um, hotel, it was at um, 1.36 p.m. So hold on, this part her ticket, because this was on the 6th. My daughter wasn't here on the 6th. Okay, and uh, well, uh, you know what, real quick, I'm just gonna see if maybe we, uh, I'm gonna see if maybe she was here at all. Uh, what's your daughter's name? Her name is Kanika Jenkins. All right, the can you the room wasn't registering her name. She came with some friends here. And, uh, yeah, I just want to verify. I, I'm, I'm uh, Leslie, I actually just came in myself. Uh, probably been on shift for about 45 minutes. So I just want to make sure that, you know, maybe she didn't she didn't get arrested and sent down a room. You know what I mean? I just want to double check everything. But okay, she, thank you. You're very welcome. But um, it doesn't look like we had any run-ins with her last night at all. Um, do you think it's possible maybe she went to one of her friend's houses or, you know, she's probably... No, no, actually, because she had my car. She was driving my car. She know I don't like nobody to drive my car because my insurance will not pay for nobody, no one besides her. And um, her friends kept calling my phone. I told them to stay out here. They stayed out here, but they called me like about three times in the morning. I was laying in the bed. I just had breast surgery. I breast, you know, I, I fought a beat and breast cancer. So I'm, you know, sedated off medication early. And they telling me she out here. So once I rejuvenated, strengthened enough myself enough to get up and drive out here to look for. Once they brought me my car, I came right out here, and I came to the hotel and I showed them a picture of her and I asked them if they see it. And it was a lady in the lobby. And she heard me asking at the front desk, and she said it was music. She did hear music. She called the one downstairs to report the room and come to find out it was the people next door. And when we knocked on the door, um, that person said that she did see my daughter downstairs with, it was like four of them, and it was four of them. And she said my daughter, she, um, she was with three of her friends, but her three friends said 
which they, you know, these kids won't tell the truth. They said that she was, they went upstairs to get her cell phone. And when they went to get her cell phone, she was standing in the lobby, in the front lobby. And then when they came back down, she wasn't there anymore. No, Hold on, she's 19 years old? That's my daughter, she's 19. Her name is Kanika Jenkins, K-E-N-E-K-A. No, yes, yes, yes. No, I, I, I remember that. You told me that she was 19. But um, what I'm saying is that... Is that she... Again, she's only been gone for a couple hours. She's... Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe she's... You know, she could be somewhere with one of her friends or something. Because, I mean, it, again, it, it is only a couple hours since you hadn't seen her, correct? Or since her friends supposedly hadn't seen her? Correct. Let's say about um, four, three to four hours now. They said. They told me. It was like four o'clock in the morning when they called me. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I well, I, I guess the 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 one. Are, are you looking to file a missing persons report then, or are you just? Or, or, or what you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm so sorry, sir, but uh, I just want to know, is it possible that they, maybe they can look at the cameras and see, um, it's because they send the police out here and ask them to look at the cameras and see if um, they've seen her on their cameras around that time? I was about to say, uh, even if I did send an officer, it would take a little bit in order in, uh, for us to get the uh, for us to get the camera footage and us for us to pass it on to the uh, detectives division. Okay. Okay. So, so what what would you suggest? Well, again, again, the, the only thing I would suggest maybe just um, you know, give her a couple hours. You know, she could have went. You know, she could have went somewhere with one of her other friends. I mean, and who knows what her friends are saying is true. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, you, you could tell not to be saying, you could tell it don't sound right. I'm a parent. I've been young before. And it's not sounding right. It don't sound right, period. That's why I came out here myself. Because they, they, and then it, it sound like they had been drinking, you know, honestly. Yeah. And I asked them, did she drink? And they said she had only one cup. You know, but, okay, my daughter ain't the type that normally, she can't even take liquor. Her, her liquor level is just like mine. We can't take liquor. We cannot take liquor. We take a sip of liquor, we drunk. Honestly. No, I completely understand. And I'm, I'm like, one cup is too much for her, you know? And, why, and, I, and I, like I asked them, and then they end up with her cell phone. I pay her cell phone bill every month to make sure my daughter has a phone. How did she love her phone? I don't understand. How? Why would she leave her cell phone with you all and just go disappear? And she yeah. know I just had surgery. You know, and she know uh, she know my predicament. No, yeah. Well then, well, well then. So that in, in that case, what I would, what I, uh, what I would recommend, just you know, go home, relax a little bit, give it some time. She could, she, of, of all we know, she very well could still be in the room. She, she could just be passed out. You know, again, you know how it is. You drink it the, the night before. You get, you know what I mean. Whatever else have you. So just give it a couple hours. You know, maybe see if you know, see if she'll get a hold of you again. You know what I mean? Does she, uh, does she know your number? Yeah, she know my number very well. She's very smart. 
Okay, well then, like I said, you know, just give her a couple hours, you know what I mean? You know, you know, give her some time, you know, again, maybe she, you know, maybe she went to one of her other friend's places, or maybe she is still in the room, you know, just knocked, you know, knocked out, you know what I mean? Yes, I thank you. Okay, and so when do you, how long does it take for me to file a missing person report? Well, well, you can, you can file it at any, at, at, uh, at any time. It just, uh, like I said, you know, just you know, just give it a little bit of time, you know. If if you hadn't heard from her by, I want to say about ten, eleven o'clock, then by all means, you know, give us a call again. You can come to the station, and uh, we can help you out from there. Okay, I live in Chicago. Would it be better for me to come back to you all station, or should I go in Chicago and make out a missing report? You know, I think you're. Uh, you know what, um, you, know, you, could try to file, you can try to file it out in Chicago. They may tell you to come here since it happened in our town, but I do know that since she, I do know that since she lives with, uh, you know, obviously she lives with you in the city, I think this might actually fall on them. Or at, okay. least or at least they'll be able to take the report and then they'll get in contact with us and we'll be able to help them out with the investigation from there. Okay, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, whichever one, um, if I have to come back out here, I'll come back out here, but, but, as long as, if we be able to see, but we'll, if I come, okay, I give it to tomorrow, it's 24 hours, after 24 hours, do you think they still be able to see the video camera of today, the surveillance camera yes. for today? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yes, we definitely be able to, probably, yes, we definitely be able to get the footage. Okay, thank you. Yeah, right. I'll do that. Okay, thank you okay, so much, okay? Okay. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Negative. I have that uh, subject in the kitchen in a freezer. She is frozen solid. 10-4-600. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you enjoy listening. We owe everything to the many journalists, authors, filmmakers, psychiatrists, and psychologists whose extensive work and expertise we pulled from to share this episode with you. For all of our detailed source material, please visit our website, thecrimebarpodcast.com. If you'd like to see content from today, you can find us on Instagram at crimebarpodcast. We really love doing this show, and if you'd like to help the continued creation of it, you can support by donating to our Patreon, which we have linked on our website as well as our Instagram, patreon.com slash crimebarpodcast. This episode was hosted by Ashley Brumley-Johnson and Anna Katharina. We'll see you next week.